Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, it's Keith from the Book of Constellations. You're listening to a special mini-episode called An Epistle, which takes place after the events in Chapter 1 of the story. If you haven't heard it yet, I recommend you start at the first episode. Coffee is a metaphor before listening to this. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The Book of Constellations Epistle 3 The Perfect Chord Hey, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to handle me like like a piece of trash. I'm not trash. I'm a person. I'm a musician. Sit down, Roy. You think you think you just because I'm homeless, you you can you think you can scoop me up off the street, lock me in your little room and point your cameras at me? I'm a person. We had an agreement, Roy. Yeah, well you can keep your money. I'm on a quest, man. I'm on a quest. You can't hurt someone who's on a quest. You can still have your money. Just tell us what happened. Tell us what you saw. Yeah? All right. I'll tell you because you're afraid, man. You're afraid it's too late, and you've lost, and there's nothing you can do about it. But, man... I don't know what you're so afraid of. Tell us. All right. All right. Hmm... <sighs> All right, you, you stink at cops, or worse, you make my skin crawl just looking at you. But you caught me at a bad time. See, I've lost a lot over the years. And I know it's hard for me to hold on to things and to people I, I love and... Look, there was one thing in my life that was always a constant. Music. Because I'm a musician. I... I... I I just lost my guitar. The music. It's in my head. But I need a guitar to get it out. I I can just hear it. You know, like like it's coming from far away. And sometimes I think I hear the melody, but then it just slips away. Right when I think I got it. I need that guitar, right? And the other day I saw it, man. I saw my guitar up on a pawn shop wall over on 87th. It was mine, man. Somehow it ended up there. I tried to tell the guy it belonged to me, but... You know these jerks. All they care about is money. So, I just got to get a little money together. And then I could buy it back. And that's when you show up. Waving $100 bills... Well, moment of weakness, I said yes. Of course, I'd heard about the gatherings. But who believes that stuff without seeing it? I mean, who even believes Rael is real? I didn't. 
before. Every so often, you meet someone who claims to have seen him or heard from him, but yeah, people claim to have seen Bigfoot too. You know what I'm saying? So no, I didn't believe it. But I'd hear about it. And so I did what you asked me. I went and I found one. Now listen, I'm not going to tell you where it happened. But where it happened doesn't really matter. They move it around anyway. This one was at the end of an alley, under an overpass, a little before midnight. Gets spread by word of mouth. They're careful about who they tell. Everyone knows people, and those people know people, and so on and so forth. So I walk up. It's really quiet, right? Reverent, maybe. Doesn't take me long to see there's there's a, there's a few sort of running things, right? They're shaking hands, answering questions, making sure the addicts and the sick are in a safe place. They're all wearing blue scarves. Like like a like a hand-dyed royal blue. These these people, they weren't outsiders, right? I've, I've these are neighborhood folk. I've seen them before. Just they weren't wearing the blue then. Me, I'm hanging back. Just getting the feel of the place. So, at the end of the alley, someone sets up like a like a like a makeshift kitchen. You know, like gas cooktops on tables, they got big jugs of water, pots, pans, and stuff. And here's what seems really weird. They're setting up like TVs. They're leaning against the concrete pillars or sitting atop wooden boxes. There's a couple of guys in these blue scarves running extension cords to them, talking about a generator. So then this, this refrigerated truck pulls up, and a bunch of these blue scarves run over and unload it. It was food. Food, man, like fresh fruits and vegetables. The kind that the supermarkets don't want, because they look funny, but they taste just fine. Bunch of leftovers from local restaurants, wrapped up, day-old bread, all kinds of stuff. And the cooks in the makeshift kitchen, they kind of look at what they got to work with, and they get chopping. They make a big pot of soup to start. And turn all these leftovers, which would get wasted, right? They turn them into something good. So the cooking is starting, and more people are arriving, and it, it, it's getting crowded in that alley. But that's when I hear it. The music, right? Music, which is always in my head. Looking around, people are waiting for dinner, talking, laughing, looking out for each other, and that's what I hear. The perfect chord. I don't know exactly what it is. I need my guitar to figure it out. Maybe it's maybe it's a G7 over a D, or maybe it's like a 13 or 11. I don't know, but man, I hear it. I know that if I can figure out that chord, I could write the greatest song ever. And maybe you know, maybe I could just I could get my life figured out, get my head a little better, you know. Forget it. You guys don't look like you understand music at all. A little later, food is ready. The blue scarves invite us to line up. I get in line, you know, a hot meal's a treat. But they're also handing out bags of those fruits and vegetables, bread, so on. They hand you two. But they say to everyone, Who was your other bag for? And everyone says a name. Family member, 
army buddy, sick grandma, a needy friend. They don't give you the bags until you say a name. Everyone promises right then to see that someone else gets fed. Then people are eating, talking, joking around. They were happy. Just because of a little food, a little compassion, a little fellowship. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not fixing anyone's lives long term, but for that night, no one had to worry. And that made them better people. And we are people. Some of you seem to forget that. Uh, so yeah. We're eating. And then TVs flicker on. Everyone gathers around them. Getting real hushed. Screen. It's all static. You know? Like, like the signal. It's weak. But there's hints of something inside, but just, just can't tell what. The crowd forms little knots of people. They're huddled real close to these TVs. Their faces lit by the gray static. No one speaks. A few people silently praying. There's this feeling of tension building. Expecting something. Hoping. And then... There he is. It's... It's him. Rael. On the screens. With his, with his dark sunglasses and calm expression. A soft gasp runs through the crowd. And then, with all the images speaking in unison, he says what he's come to say. Hello. My name is Rael, and I am here to help. I hope you are enjoying your meal. I want to thank the helpers who collected the food and prepared it. I know that this is only one meal. I wish I could do more for you, but I cannot. Yet. There is too much arrayed against you, greed being the strongest. There is a fear by those who have money that if they share too much, they will suffer. They are afraid of losing what they have. They are afraid of being taken advantage of. They are afraid that they will end up living as you are forced to live. To protect themselves, they tell stories to each other about you. Because you do not have money, they say that you are lazy. Because you are sick, they say you are weak. Because you need help, they say you are greedy. Because you were denied the opportunities they had, they call you stupid or immoral. They say all these things because they need to feel that you are undeserving of their charity, to justify why they ignore you. Because they believe these things, they do not have to treat you as a human being. And it is this lie that I am working to change. This world cannot be saved unless we all agree that every person in it deserves basic, common dignity and respect. I know it is hard for you to believe that is true, 
as you negotiate the world. But I tell you this tonight. You are alive. You are a miracle. And all miracles deserve reverence. I will hear you now. So then, at, at each little cluster gathered around the TVs, people start approaching, one by one, to talk to him. And it, it's strange, because he's talking back. Like, each picture of Rael on the screens is it's holding a different conversation than the others. Not that he talks all that much, but he, he mostly just listens. But I'm, I'm watching their faces, and some of them in tears. Some, some are smiling. Some start out angry, but after a few words, they, they calm down. He's, he's giving people hope. Almost as good as bread. That's what these meetings are, man. It's just food. Food and hope. Why do you want to mess with that? I've seen enough. I already know that I'm not calling you clowns. So I, I start to leave, and that's when one of the blue scarves calls to me. Hey, Riel wants to talk to you. I'm suddenly nervous. I mean, they say Riel knows everything about everyone. Did he know you sent me? I mean, why me? He's got dozens of people to talk to, and he wants to talk to me. Why single me out? But everyone's staring at me, and... I mean, how do you say no to something like that? They make room for me at the TV. The screen seems bright, hot, as I step closer. And Rahel is there, calm and serene. And he says... He says... Hello, Roy. What do you want? What did you think about what you saw here tonight? It's good, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing you're doing. I am not doing it. Not really. The people who donated the food, the workers who brought it here, the cooks who prepared it, and everyone who shares what they have are responsible. Do you have something to share? What do you mean? What do you have to share with the world? I don't know. I, I don't have... I have a hard time holding down a job. I, I get confused and... There is a fiction that is told in this country that in order to deserve respect, one must have a job. It makes people feel ashamed of themselves when they do not have one. But this is a lie. There is something in you, Roy, that is worthy and good, despite the struggles you have. That goodness is what you should share. I, uh, I was a musician once. You are a musician now. I, I lost the music years ago, and when I, uh... Then go and find it. And that's when I heard the second note of that perfect chord. That's when I knew what I had to do. That I'm on a quest to find the perfect chord. And I'm going to build it, note by note. The notes are out there. They're buried by the fear and greed and all that anger I can see in you. 
And I know that where I find these little moments of peace, hope, and love, that's where I'll find the next part of that chord. And I'll find it. And I'll share it with the whole world. And I'm not going to charge a cent for it. (laughs) Which I bet really confuses the hell out of all of you. So yeah, man, that's the story. That's what happened. You can keep your money. Because I'm done. So, we just gonna stare at each other a little while longer? You know, if you're gonna keep me, can you at least give me a sandwich or something? Show him out. About time. Still carrying guns, boys? Don't know why. Can't hurt me. I'm on a quest. The Book of Constellations is written, produced, and directed by W. Keith Timms. The voice of Roy was performed by Skylar Giordano. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, visit bookofconstellations.com. You can write to Rael. Send your thoughts and questions to bookofconstellations at gmail.com. Find your harmony.